As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in these episodes. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka Sustainable Development Goals, number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. As an aquaculture business, how do you discover innovative ways to improve nutrition in aquaculture and contribute toward improved, healthier, and environmentally sustainable and economically viable farmed seafood? This episode is dedicated to answering that question. Welcome to Episode 7, Season 3 of the Business of Aquaculture. This episode, I'm delighted to have Stephanie Colombo back, who is an associate professor and Canada Research Chair in Aquaculture and Nutrition at Dalhousie University in Nova Scotia. Welcome back to the show, Stephanie. Thanks, Lourdes. Thanks for having me. I'm so delighted when people come back. That means there's some more that we have to dig in for what we yeah. about <laughs> aquaculture. <laughs> you can also listen to our interview with Stephanie from Season 3 as well. And I think I got that wrong. We're on Episode 8 for Season 7 now. I'm Season 7 now. So I just... Wow! <laughs> It's been a ride. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so honored to have experts like you who comes back and obviously our listeners are finding value in what they're hearing. So my first question to you will be, how do you envision the future of nutrition in aquaculture and what innovative strategies or technologies do you believe will play a key role in advancing the industry? Yeah, I mean... Nutrition is health, and good health is being resilient. And with so many different challenges that the industry is faced with, I think resiliency is is key. And what I think about as a nutrition person is how can we be more precise with um, the formulations and feeding certain nutrients during critical times to help promote health. And what we've been working on a lot in my lab um, are ingredients sourced through the circular bioeconomy. These are in itself um, can be more resilient because they can be sourced locally. So a producer, a feed producer, or um, or a fish producer can have access to these ingredients locally and you don't have to worry so much about where are these ingredients going to come from tomorrow when there's many different uh, challenges at play that can prevent us from getting our feed. So the ingredient source through the circular bioeconomy, an example of that would be insects. So the circular bioeconomy just basically means anything that would be considered waste 
could be upcycled into something really valuable that we could use in aqua feeds. And black soldier flies are an example of that. And um, that's becoming very popular and of interest for aqua feed producers. Um, some other ingredients that we're looking at in my lab are um, seaweeds and microalgae. And these I would consider as multifunctional ingredients and bioactives. So they can do more than one thing. Like it's a multi-pronged approach. In the past, we would look at sourcing one ingredient that has one source of nutrient and you put those all together in the diet. But wouldn't it be better if we had ingredients that could do many things at once to help improve fish health and nutrition? So for seaweeds, for example, um, it's been shown to act as a prebiotic, so it can help proliferate the healthy um, microbiota in the gut. And in human nutrition, prebiotics are becoming more important. Um, seaweed is also a pellet binder, so it can improve the durability of the pellet. Um, but more importantly, seaweeds have been shown to improve the immune response um, to fish and shrimp when they're faced with a pathogen or a, or a stress trial. And there was a really large um, meta-analysis that came out two years ago that showed, you know, very strong evidence that including seaweeds at even a low level in the diet, one or two percent, can improve the immune response and improve survival when faced with the challenge. Um, and microalgae, some of them in particular are very high in essential nutrients like EPA and DHA, but they also contain bioactive properties like pigments and antioxidants that can help with fish health. So those are the kind of strategies that have been on my mind lately and I think are trending in the industry right now. Wow, there's a lot of really new things happening, and those are really robust terms that I even I have to wrap my head around it. Sometimes it makes it sounds really robust, but it really all comes down to when you were talking about circular, yeah. using one thing to another that you can use in other different things. So to our listeners, if you're getting combobulated with all these technical terms, know that there are simple explanations because I'm a non-tech person as well. So which leads me to my next question. Can you describe any recent breakthroughs or advancements in nutrition for aquaculture that have the potential to significantly improve sustainability, efficiency, or overall fish health? You kind of alluded to some of this. Maybe how do these innovations address existing challenges in the field? Yeah, I mean, so I think... I would answer that by saying that the circular economy or sourcing ingredients through like using waste and some examples of waste are from forestry. You wouldn't think that there is anything useful in forestry that we could use in the aquafeed industry, but there is. There's extra carbon and you can use carbon to grow microalgae and the microalgae has all the stuff that we want in it, like essential nutrients and pigments and antioxidants. Um, so, it helps sourcing ingredients from this circular bioeconomy helps in a couple of ways. One, it helps with feed sustainability. And you know that feed is one of the driving factors in the industry that affects its entire carbon footprint and emissions. So if you can improve the carbon footprint of the feed, you're making a big difference in the entire carbon footprint of the industry as a whole. Um, and Sourcing ingredients like black soldier flies, like microalgae that are helping use waste from other industries, it helps sustainability 
of the aquaculture industry in two main ways, I think. One is that when you're replacing, uh, when you're using microalgae and black soldier flies, you're often replacing that with fish meal and fish oil, which is wild sourced and it's problematic for a bio, from a biodiversity perspective. So we don't want to be harvesting all um, wild fish to use in aquafeeds. It also helps with the economics of the industry because fish meal fish oil is becoming so expensive. Um, and then it also helps with trying to reduce other ingredients in the diet that you might think are a lot better than using fish meal and fish oil, but maybe they're not, like soybean, for example. Basically, we could be using lots of these crops and the land to grow these crops and the fresh water to grow these crops to eat it directly for our own food security. So we should probably be thinking about using waste from other industries to then grow the nutrients we need from aquaculture. So it's using waste, it's reducing reliance on other human foods that we would then go and feed to fish to then feed us. Um, and then it's helping to reduce reliance on wild fish. So that's why those are the three main reasons why um, the aquafeed sustainability can be improved by using ingredients from the circular bioeconomy. Um, and also these ingredients, like in terms of improving like efficiency or fish health, um, a lot of these ingredients like the microalgae, the seaweeds, they contain other ingredients other than just your nutritional molecules, like your nutrients. Um, like antioxidants, for example, and antioxidants can help improve fish health. And that can lead to reducing fish health issues that you'd see on farm and hopefully reducing the use of antibiotics. So I think that these are like the biggest kind of breakthroughs that we've been seeing in the last couple of years that will just be part of the norm in the aquafeed industry because it does so many positive things. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues, and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website, www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture. Mm -hmm.